As we've been reading in Acts 2, we've been exploring the invitation of Jesus to the church, to the followers of Jesus after the crucifixion and after the resurrection. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus being lived after the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection of Christ? That's us. And there's this incredible hope that we see for those who spent time with Jesus. And as I get into this uh, talk today, which is titled Devoted, what I want you to know is that the exponential work of God happens in this way. When you share your faith journey with other people, the work of God is exponentially um, kind of grows because we're not keeping it to ourselves. Ten to the power of one is ten. If I have found Jesus and I keep Jesus to myself, Jesus does not grow beyond me because guess what? I'm selfish. And Jesus probably is going to talk to me about that. Ten to the power of three is a thousand. When you begin to share the work of God in your life, people share the work of God from them to you. It grows our understanding of who God is and the possibilities of God. That's what we see in Scripture as a people of God being formed together. And what we, what we know about following Jesus is that life in the Spirit is the promise of God. It's the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the Son to all who believe. It's the promise. And the fruit of that promise is transformed lives. So here's what we have to understand. If you're a follower of Jesus, transformed lives will bear visible fruit. The people that you're interacting with will see something different in you. They will see something unique in you. They will see hope. They will see peace. They will see forgiveness. They will see grace. They will see humility. They will see visible fruit in your life because of the work of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? This is about receiving the Spirit and then responding out of the work of the Spirit, which means I'm not asking you to try harder. I'm not asking you to work more diligently in a religious lifestyle. I'm saying live free in step with the Spirit of God speaking to you, leading you, and guiding you. See, it's the fruit of the Spirit that allow us to witness. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. There are people in your life that God has positioned you to be a hope-filled witness to about Jesus and the things of the kingdom. We get to receive and respond. We get to proclaim. But what's beautiful is you will proclaim the hope of Jesus potentially differently than I will. Because there are going to be people on this earth that will hear the way you talk about Jesus uniquely. And they need to hear it from you and your perspective because that will speak to their heart. That will speak to their story. And I need to proclaim the work of Jesus in my own life. Visible fruit. And today what we're going to see is it's devotion to kingdom living. So if you want to join with me, we're going to be in Acts 2, 42 through 47. It'll be on the screen behind me. It'll be on the screen with you online. Maybe you've got a version Bible app. Maybe you have a Bible that you like to mark up. And maybe today you can hear us say, if you would like a Bible, we would love to give you one. You can take it with you. You can mark it up. But this is what it says in Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Maybe you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, and maybe this is new to you. I will tell you I'm familiar with it, but when I read it, it gives me hope for what it looks like to be a part of God's family. This gives me hope for a faith that is tangible, it is life-giving, it is joy-filled, it is transformational, and it grips every part of our life. Anybody like to eat good food? Man, Jesus loved to hang out with people at good parties and good meals. I just think this gives us free invitation to a summer full of barbecues with our buddies, welcoming God's kingdom because it's the church. It's the church. There is a devotion that we are called to, and I will tell you this, we've been talking about this a lot. We are devoted to community, to community. In a time where what we hear as a larger narrative is division and differentiation and these people against those people, let me tell you, church, we are called to be devoted to community, to be a people who gather around the table at the temple who understand our heart is for one another. We are devoted to community. And hear this, the early church, the followers of Jesus were clearly committed. They were clearly committed and anchored in the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus. They were living in a response to the work of Jesus, but they were anchored in the words of Jesus. And we need to as well listen to this. These are the words of Jesus that I think anchored the early church. A new command I give you. Love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. See, the early church being devoted to community, they were living anchored in the words of Jesus saying, this is my command for you as you go forward. This is my command for you as you live out your day-to-day life. And it's from that place they could welcome daily those who were being saved. It doesn't say they welcomed daily those who agreed with them, those who were like them, those who were perfectly similar to them. It says they were welcoming those who were being saved by the transforming work of the Spirit. And my guess is in a culture, in a time where there was diversity in that community, they were having to welcome people that they might have been enemies with like three minutes prior. They were devoted to community. And what this did is it, is it anchored them in the connection of faith and fellowship. We don't get to separate these out. We don't get to be somebody who goes, I believe in Jesus, but I just do my own thing. Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I I actually could care less about the church. (laughs) That is not the way of Jesus. That's not the invitation of God because God is saying, I'm forming a people. And to have faith in Jesus is to have faith that his work in me is just as available for his work in you. And I come in humility saying, if there's a place for me, there has to be a place for you We get to choose faith and fellowship. They cannot be separated from one another. 
My invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to live connected in community. To see that Father, Son, and Spirit were connected to one another. And out of the community of God, we are invited to a community of God. To a community with one another. The devotion of the community was to communion and prayer. What I love about this is it says, hey, guess what? You don't have to figure it out on your own. There are practices that will place us in the presence of God. When we share communion together, we together say that our identity is found in Jesus, crucified, buried, and raised to life. That any sin in our midst gets swallowed up by the blood of Jesus. That we are found as those who find the fullness of life in the devotion of God to us. See, the communion meal declares God is devoted to you in Jesus. And the promise of the Holy Spirit says God is devoted to you because his promise is the Holy Spirit will fill you and will meet you. So in communion and prayer, God is saying, just like Alan said, I'm available to spend time with you. I'm available to meet you day in and day out. In the wee hours of the morning when you are up, I am ready to commune with you in prayer. Communion and prayer anchor us in practices of connection. And hear this, dependence. Dependence. We acknowledge we have need. We acknowledge we are powerless to make everything good and right. We realize that at the end of ourselves, we find that God is bigger. That he will walk with us through uncertainty. He will walk with us in the watches of the night and the early of the morning. That God, in communion and prayer, says, let me have influence in your life. Let me speak to you. Be dependent on me. Faith and fellowship, communion and prayer. And here's the one that just stretches me. Everyone. Everyone. They devoted themselves. Everyone was filled with awe. They sold property. They continued to meet. They broke bread. The favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number. Church, one of the things that I think God is doing in me is expanding my capacity to have hope for the work of God meeting people where they are because the power of God is capable to reach everyone. And we, church, need to be people who are looking out saying, God's pursuing you. God's interested in your life. This tragedy that happened in your life, I believe God sees you in that pain, and I believe there is a hope that tells a different story, a story of resurrection power, a story of transforming power, that the love of God and the work of God and the Spirit of God is for everyone who will believe and everyone who will be called by God and everyone who will call on the name of the Lord. There is a communal reality to the church that I think our culture outside the church disciples us differently. What does that mean, Kurt? What did you just say? Our culture disciples us, teaches us, tries to tell us to go a particular way, pursue things of value and priority. I just started a new book, and on the inside cover it says we're either being discipled by Christ or we're being discipled by the culture. 
Who will it be? So much of the normal air that we breathe is about an individualized, live your own life, make your own choices, do your own thing. The work of Jesus in the kingdom and the early church calls us to community greater than individuality. Now, does that mean you don't count? No, it means you matter so much. But if you matter that much, guess who else matters that much? Guess who else God is pursuing with his love? If there was ever a time in your life you weren't following Jesus, we should hold on to incredible hope that if you can be reached and called into the kingdom, so can anybody else. So can anybody else. The good news of God meets us in our mess and calls us into the ministry of the kingdom that we get transformed, that we get new life, that everyone is invited into the promises of God. But I can be devoted to other things. I can go, no thanks. I got this. But the invitation is there. The welcome is there. And here's what I think we need to see. Is that as the community of church, kind of the community of followers of Jesus, that we get to be, we, we get to be a people who walk together in our motivation and our mission. We get to walk together in our motivation. That we get to share meals Anybody ever had somebody over for a dinner? Show of hands, a few of us. I want to give everybody a challenge. As you feel comfortable with people you feel comfortable with, host a meal and, and think about Acts 2 and say, I'm going to welcome people in my home and this is going to be a meal of God's presence. And we're going to share food together. And we're going to share the favor of God together. And then what we're going to do is we're going to be intentional. I'm going to say, if there's anything going on in your life, how can I pray for you before you leave? Man, let the church move out as much as we're pursuing people that want to come be a part of things here. It's like we've got to look out to meals. That the motivation of God's kingdom lets us look for opportunities everywhere we go. That we walk together in our motivation and our mission. Because discovering the love of God propels us into the mission of Jesus. This is such a missional text. Yes, it's great because we get to like have our needs met. We get to have possessions shared. People are selling stuff to meet the needs of their neighbors and maybe people they don't really know but going, if there's a need, the kingdom of God's going to meet it. Discovering the love of God propels us into the mission of Jesus. We don't get to just choose faith and then live without mission. There are people in your life that God is giving you relationship with to extend the kingdom in word and deed, to be witnesses, to proclaim, because we're not only devoted to community, but we're devoted to God's kingdom. Jesus said this of himself in Luke. He said, I have come to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. That's why I was sent. If that's why Jesus was sent, if we're following Jesus, guess what? That's how we're sent. We're sent as those devoted to God's kingdom. What does that look like? Well, in Acts 2, it's signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit showing up and doing things that we cannot do in our own strength. It is all over the ministry of Jesus. People being healed. People being delivered from demonic possession. People being called into relationship. People being fed. The poor being cared for. The sinner being forgiven. This is the ministry of Jesus. Here's where it feels hard for me. I'm just going to be honest. I want to receive that ministry. I want to be the recipient of healing. Anybody agree? 
I want to be fed. I want to be loved. I want to be cared for. Do you know how scary it is to pray for healing when you doubt? I had that moment last night. I just had to own it. But can I be honest? I would love to see signs and wonders. I would love to see somebody healed. Like the kingdom of God break in and they're healed. I just felt challenged. I've been feeling challenged in this. Let's not just settle for like, well, that was back then and we just don't see that stuff now. The promise of God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work bringing the kingdom and setting people free. So here was two things that happened for me. I was listening to a podcast. A friend sent me a podcast. And it was about the church currently in another part of the world where it is illegal to follow Jesus. If they find out you're following Jesus, you die. I don't know that I have to face that here. <laughs> he tells this story. They were out in a remote village, no electricity, no water, no power, no running like utilities. They were like out in the middle of nowhere. And they show up to this house, a mud house. And they start talking to this man who's there and he pulls out a journal. And he says, for the last couple weeks, every night, this, this person beaming in radiance, shows up to me and starts speaking to me in my language and tells me to write down these things. And as they begin to read his journal, this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. In a vision, God is showing up to people and reading scripture to them and calling them into relationship with Jesus around the world. This is what we talked about two weeks ago when Peter stands up and he quotes Joel, your young men will dream dreams, your young women will prophesy in visions, that the outpouring of the Spirit will be signs and wonders. And this church, we are invited to say, God, if that's what you want to do, let it come. And I was challenged because I thought about a trip that I took to another part of the world where I was hanging out with some young adults and they were telling me how their friends and their family came to faith in Jesus. And no lie, this is their testimony. They said, we started getting text messages from numbers we didn't know. And the text messages were declaring the glory of God and revealing the reality of Jesus to us and it cut to our heart. And we began to realize that there was faith in Jesus. Signs and wonders. And then I thought about my own life and how God has shown up in my own life and I've had powerful encounters with the Spirit and it just reminded me, Lord, have your way. How easily I settle for less than what God might do. How comfortably I've gotten with like no signs and wonders. And I just have just... Like, in, as confession is good for the soul, church, I'm saying, Lord, like, stretch me in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Stretch me to be more like the early church that says, I'll share a meal with you, and I'll pray for you to be delivered from demonic oppression. I'll pray for you to be delivered from depression and thoughts of suicide. I will be with you, and I will stand with you in your pain, and we'll say, Holy Spirit, come. And I'll tell you, those are the stories that bring us to awe. God, you're so good. You did something bigger than anything I could have done on my own. 
And if that weirds us out, then I think we need to be willing to stretch our faith a little bit more beyond our comfort and say, God, teach me the ways of your kingdom. Signs and wonders today. And it's risky. I pray for healing a lot. I don't see it miraculously happen in the moment. You know what happens when I never pray? Uh, Okay, yeah, now we're tracking. (laughs) Signs and wonders. Temple and table. Hearts and homes. The gathering that we have right here. They gathered in the temple. This is a culturally relevant temple for our day and time. We worship as a community. It matters. It stretches us. It challenges us. It sees, helps me see God bigger than myself, and it puts me in a place with people whose stories will impact me and transform me. See, the rhythms and realities of our life show our priority. The rhythms and reality of the other church, early church, temple, the table, they shared meals together. God was at work in their hearts. They were being transformed inside out. In their homes, they opened up their spaces and they shared community together. They were gathering daily and weekly and ongoingly. The early church prioritized God's kingdom in their daily and weekly rhythms. And I just want to celebrate you. You're here. You are too. Is God inviting you to more? As we transition through this pandemic, is God saying, hey, you're ready to have somebody on your back porch? Hey, you're ready to have somebody in your home and share a meal. Hey, you're ready to go meet those people outside or in this restaurant or here. I don't know what it is for you, but there's a movement for all of us to be people who reach for our neighbors, who look to connect, who share these rhythms, not only daily, weekly, ongoingly, that the reality of God is leading us in the rhythms of our life, in our relationships, at work. I mean, I could name every place and space, wherever there are people, God wants to use you to bring the kingdom. And here's where I'm challenged too. It also is our stuff. It's our time. It takes time to share a meal with somebody. It takes time to come to worship. It takes time to pray. It takes time to go and be with people in their time of need. It says they sold possessions and they gave to meet needs. When we talk about giving as an expression of worship as a local church, I realize it might be complicated in this day and time, but it is the rhythm of a community. And here's what, here's what God, I, I felt like God was encouraging me, and I'm just going to share this with you. When I begin to grow in my financial giving, they sold their possessions, they met needs, it was a part of their resources too. They were following God with their resources. Hear my heart in this church. As I grow, what I push against is that my money is mine, an individualized journey, and I say, God, All of me and my stuff is yours, and I want some of what you've given me to be a blessing to a community beyond me because maybe there are needs that we will meet together that we can't meet on our own. Mercy and outreach. Healing prayer that happens. We have Young Life in our building. We hosted a meeting for Youth for Christ this week. We have a church plant meeting in this building. We have people who are giving meals away through our partnership with City of Pearland. When we say yes to saying, it's not just my faith journey, but it's my resources, it's my time, it's my stuff, it's my life, I think God breaks individuality in us and says, you're a part of a family. And here's, I'm going to push it a little bit further. How many of your kids 
do not have a job if you happen to have kids. When you were a kid, did you have a job? How many of you did not have a job and have to pay bills when you were a kid? That, that's a better way to say it. When you were a kid, did you have to pay the bills at your house? No. If I just kept my income for myself, do you know how miserable my kids would be? Sorry, you don't get any. This is a family. We are a family. There are times in our life we don't have anything to bring. There were people at that time who had need, and it was the church who got around them and said, you're my family, you're my kids, you're my brother, you're my sister. I just, I'll be really honest, and then I'm, I'm going to wrap up. Because we got some, we, we were going to like, we were going to testify to the glory of God like we see in the early church today. It's not just in the teaching and preaching. It's not just in the singing and worship. It's in transformed lives. Church, you are so generous. You are generous. Do not keep parts of your life untouched by the mercy and grace of God. Maybe for you today it is about money. You are holding on to all your money and then you will just make it all that you can make it and that's about as far as it'll go. Maybe there are real reasons you're struggling. Talk with God about what it looks like to be free. It's time. They showed up to relationship. They spent time with each other. They shared meals. They opened their homes. It's temple, table, heart, home, stuff, serving, meeting the needs of a city and a community. But if we avoid that part of the text, we avoid the fullness of what it is to be a part of a family of faith and the community of God calling us in. And you are generous. And the more generous we are, guess what we, what we get to be? More generous. The more resources we have, guess what we meet? More needs. More needs. And that's your story. It's your story of the kingdom expanding in Azerbaijan. It's your story when Young Life leads people to Christ out of this building on Monday nights and Friday nights. It's your story when another church is being launched because they come meet here on Friday and Saturday. That's your story. It's your story when hope is being planted at Carlston and with Convoy of Hope and with Living Water International because you gave. We all get to share in that. And it's for the mission of Jesus that the lost would be saved. I just want, I just want to tell you this and then I'm going to be done. It's okay to get excited about this. It's okay to let your heart burn about these things. And to go, you know what, there are people in my life that I want to see their lives changed. Some of you are doing that. You're meeting needs. You're paying for people's groceries. You're helping feed those people around you. Go for it. That's the church at work. It doesn't all have to flow through here, but it is us all saying yes to this together so that the people far off would know that God loves them where they are and calls them into his family. Warren Worsby says it this way. The Christians you meet in the book of Acts were not content to meet once a week for services as usual. They met daily, Acts 2.46. Cared daily, Acts 6.1. One souls daily, Acts 2.47. Searched the scriptures daily, Acts 17.11. And increased in number daily, Acts 2 and Acts 16. Their Christian faith was a day-to-day -day reality 
not a once a week routine. Why? Here it is. Because the risen Christ was a living reality to them. And his resurrection power was at work in their lives through the Spirit. And I say, let it be of us. Let that be of us. The resurrection power, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you if you have given your life to Christ. It is the Spirit at work. And I say, Christ, more of your Spirit in your followers. More of us, church. And I would say if there was ever a time to continue the work of the kingdom, it would be now that we would not settle for a once a week service as usual. But we would see the kingdom coming day in and day out. And yes, let's come here. And yes, let's do small groups. And yes, let's take the Spirit with us everywhere we go.